The following is another dynamic message by Ryan Jacobs, prophet, teacher, and leader of the Empowered Church. Amen. Can you hear me? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, we're in the purpose of in Destiny Conference session number two. And um, that moves and shakes us, and, and we want to see beyond. This year, and it must be the catalyst that God uses to take us beyond. Amen. And so, yesterday, we, we looked at a number of things. And um, God was sharing with us specific things. And, and I know we were just emphasizing the importance of purpose and destiny. But a question that we, you know, we didn't really answer is, what is purpose? So it's purpose and destiny conference, but what is purpose? And for many people, it's this and that definition. And um, we don't want to understand, you know, what is, we, we, when we say, what is your purpose, and many times we use the question, we, we phrase the question, what is your purpose? For most people in the world, mean, it means, what is your intent? But when we, when we talk about purpose, we talk about purpose in the context of God's purpose for humanity, for you specifically, for us. And this is not a difficult thing, this is not, there's no secret what purpose is. Purpose simply is why. Purpose is why. It is the why in your life. Why were you born? Why are you on the planet? Why did God allow your spirit to enter that specific woman? Why did God allow that DNA, that part, that sperm to be the one that is successful? Now, why is important? We've talked about questions in so many contexts. But the most important question always is why. Throughout the Bible, you'll find that the most important question is the why question. Amen. Amen. Why, are you, why do you look so tired? <laughs> is it because of a prayer of worship? <laughs> why? And, uh, and why is also the question that people speculate the most about? Why did God say, of all the trees shall you eat, but not that tree? It is the question. And Satan gave even answer. It is the wrong answer, but he gave her an answer nevertheless. But it's the most speculated question. Why did that person look at me like that? Why did the person say that? Why did the person not greet me? Why did the person extend the left hand today and not the right hand like we normally do? Why? Why is uh, the hair blonde today and it was red yesterday? You see, why? And people then fill in that. 
It is the most asked question, whether people know it or not. It is the most asked question. It's a question why. Therefore, the Bible says that God not only convicts and searches the content, the what of our thoughts, but also the why. God not only look at what we do, but why we do it. That's why he gave us the answer. He says, God so loved the world that he gave. So, so if you, if why did God gave his only begotten son? Why in John 3.16, he says, why God so loved the world? That is the reason why he gave it. He answers the question for you. Because if he didn't answer that question, the devil would have given you other answers. Like he did in the garden. God actually even told them, Adam, the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. If you've understood the, the, the complexity, the, 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 the consequences of death, the woman never have taken that. Because women till today suffer the most out of the whole thing, right? And understanding why is important. Otherwise, you're always going to miss in life. You're never going to be centered. You must know why you are here. Why you are here in this city. Why you are here this evening. You need to understand your whys. Otherwise, you'll never have, you'll never be grounded if you don't know why. If you are, don't know your why, you are removable. People can easily move you from your position of pressure because you don't know why you're there. But if you understand your why you're there, you can have resolve. It is important. God attaches everything that he does, everything that he says to a why. There's a reason why King Saul was rejected. There's a reason why David was chosen. There's always a why in the heart and mind of God. God is a God of purpose. Everything that he does has a purpose. Everything that he says has a purpose. So when we have a purpose conference, we are saying we're coming back to the original, to the genesis of things. It is the very foundation of civilization. Purpose. I like what Dr. Miles Moreau, and now the Lord, said when I was a teenager, wrote about it and spoke about it. 
He said, if purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. And it is it stuck with me. He was the original purpose man back in the early 90s. 1991, when he began to talk about purpose and God used him to introduce purpose, potential. to the Christian church around the world, to leaders of nations and organizations and the like. Later, it will be about kingdom and leadership as God added to his core functions, what God was doing for him. But purpose, and if you don't know purpose, there's going to be abuse. The devil is going to abuse you if you don't know your purpose. Because he's going to persuade you, you're his punching bag. He's going to persuade you that the things you face, it is your, it, it is, uh, you are very, it is just your destiny, it's your lot. He's going to tell you that that car that you drive from the 1960s is the best car you'll ever have. He's going to tell you exactly where you are at, that is exactly where you are meant to be. I remember a, a, a man that grew up with me, uh, and uh, you know, he said to me, I was born in Pargood. I was supposed to live in Pargood. I'm going to raise my family in Pargood, or I'm going to die in Pargood. I'm talking Pargood, and he was, they were doing drug dealing just outside of his, his uh, door. And that is what he thought. Something persuaded him that, that though he could move beyond that and you see the neighbor beyond that, not, he felt that this is where he needs to be. Thank God he didn't stay there. Huh? It is important that you understand the why. These things are not exciting. They are the fundamentals of existence. God says what he says. And when, he's, when he expresses anything, he, he explains the why. He states the why. So you're going to if you want to have any relationship with God or any cooperation with God, you must start always with why. So purpose is why. So when we, we say we're in a purpose conference, you must understand we say we're in the why conference. We're, wanting, we're asking why, 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 why? Why me? Why verse? Why now? Why year? Why? We are in the why conference. Purpose. We are looking to answer a why. Why do you exist? Amen. It starts there. Amen. And then you, 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 you dive deeper. And you can find God's reason why you are here tonight. Amen. Now there's your, your why. We're talking about God's why. 
Who knows your why? <laughs> wow. There are many reasons. When we used to give food, people stayed long. We don't know why, because we're hungry for the word or just uh, happy for the buffet. <laughs> You know, you know, there's ambiguity, there's uncertainty there. <laughs> you only know when you, when you stop the food, why they <laughs> now, you, now you narrow the, the reasons why they could be. But we, we knew why God wanted the meeting, but we didn't know why the people were there, you know. Why is important. And not only why... But we have to understand the purpose of the why. But once you discover, we looked at this yesterday, right? So we're not going to spend much time with it. But just when we looked at yesterday, we said that the why, once you understand, you discover your why, your life truly starts. You begin to accelerate. Every step forward leaves a mark, an impact. Because there are milestones along your why. There are rewards along the why. I used to play a, 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 a game called Super Mario Brothers. I know that is before m- most people's time. But, uh, you know, if you, you could, can still Google it, maybe it's on Wikipedia when it used to exist. But, but in Super Mario Brothers, I don't know what's a Super Brothers and why we were called Mario and... You know, but they had these things, and, and there were certain things that you can collect. But you have to get to it. It's on longer path. So if you go, if you miss it, you miss it. If you go low or high, you're gonna miss it. You, you are still gonna move forward, but there's no reward. You, you're not picking up points, and it's gonna come bite you later. Because you're going to find that you're not so super. <laughs> and I see that they still do it with children games. I mean, they're all that you're collecting stuff along the way. Now that's how life is. That's how the why is. Along the other path, there are no markers. It's just nothing is there. But along your why, you're collecting reward, graces, gifts, encounters. Along that path. Paul the Apostle never had one vision. But when he discovered his why, Jesus even said, I have appeared to you for this why. And I shall yet appear to you many times more because of this why. Paul had a visionary encounters with Jesus. Jesus even said to him, for this purpose have I appeared unto you this day. This is the why. And this is a many is coming because of this why. Many Christians have, have lived life without nothing even remotely real in the Christianity. They have believed and the last real experience for, 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 for most is, the, is when they got born again and they felt really in my life something was uh, new after that. 
But since then, and maybe when they join the church and then new people, but those, all those things, those feelings are now worn off, and now they only remember that time the Lord touched their heart. For some, it is the day they got filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, that's a smaller community now. And they remember that day. But very few people have had encounters with the Lord. Have real visions, like Ananias, the disciple. The Lord appeared to, to go pray for, for, for Paul, the, Paul of Saul of Tarsus, who would later become Paul the Apostle. If I ask most Christians, tell me, when is the time, and, tell me an encounter that you have with God. Very few will be able to tell me that, that encounter with God. Very few will be able to answer. Why? Because they are not living along the path of your wife. Because Jesus don't become real to you unless you are in on the path of your why and you, you are in the root of your purpose. You're in your purpose. You're fulfilling your purpose. It's when basically Jesus becomes real to you. He does not offer you any, anywhere in the Bible. No way did God just make himself known to anyone of our purpose. And uh, when he did, he, 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 he wanted to introduce them to their purpose, redirect them on their, on their purpose, or strengthen them in their purpose. You, you understand Moses? Why? He was not reintroducing Moses to his purpose. Go set my people free. You look at all of them, Joshua. The Lord said to him, I am I was with Moses, so I am with you. Now you're going to take this people into the land. All of them, without exception, there was an encounter. When even when Jesus did the miracles for them, the, 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 the fishes in the boat, the fish, he was to call Peter and James and John into their calling, into their purpose. So you want God to become alive in you and to you, Amen. discover your why. It will, it will be normal. You will be collecting like that Super Mario game. You, you will be collecting realities from God along that path without begging. Sometimes you get hands laid on. You get all this. So you have it. But you can never experience it, really experience it until you discover your why. Because it's only meant to manifest on the path of your purpose, in the zone of your purpose. No Christian should merely just believe it's a Jesus. All Christians should see and behold Jesus, looking unto Jesus. Every Christian should at least know how the face of Jesus looks. Or at least, at least his beard, his silly head, the sound of his voice. Most Christians don't because they're not living in purpose, God's purpose for their life. And so much of what we do, we can find people... Pray for them, 
impart on them, but it will not be activated immediately until they, they, came to, they come to the right zone, the purpose zone. When it becomes alive, it, need, it, it needs that, that, that environment, the energy of, your, of God's purpose for your life. Understand, therefore, what we said last night. Your life truly starts when you discover your purpose. You may have been existing until now, going through the motions. Wednesday might have just been another Wednesday. This another week, it is another February that you will love it. You don't know why. God forbid. But when you discover your why, life becomes exciting. Because you enter the world of purpose, God's purpose. And there are so many innumerable aspects and infinite varieties inside that purpose. There is such a world there that comes alive. You can never be born another day in your life. You will never find that you have discovered God. You will find that you're constantly discovering a revelation after revelation of who God is. I mean, experience, with that experience, overwhelming experience with God. Many times, there are so many things to speak, even here tonight, but, and I will not never get there. There is so much of God we need to discover. But we have to start with discovering our purpose. God's why for us. This is not an option. This is it. And the, the purpose of Satan is to hinder you're from discovering that purpose and living that purpose. You understand? I must know, for example, that God's purpose for today, otherwise I will be distracted. I'll start prophesying. There's a demon in this room. I'll be delivering the person is a demon in the room. I will be delivering the person. The young man will be sweating as the demon speaks to me. And I say, who are you? And it will, be, it will become a deliverance meeting tonight. But it will not be. Why? Because I understand purpose. Amen. I will get that demon. Amen. Is a man to He's gonna leave his host. One day or the other. God's time is best. But understanding God's purpose keeps me focused. Do you understand? And so why? It keeps me on the track of God. Amen. I'm, I might list for that devil, but I can't know. Uh, but <laughs> purpose brings a discipline. Amen. 
Nothing matters more. But knowing God's purpose for your life, nothing. But we want to ask ourselves now, if we are in the de purpose and destiny, what is destiny? What is destiny? We must know purpose and destiny, what is it? Destiny is the ultimate becoming and achieving. So other words, destiny is what God ultimately wants you to become. And what God ultimately wants you to achieve. That is destiny in our definition. It's the ultimate, the highest becoming, the highest achievement in the mind of God for you specifically. Amen. We mentioned in Predestined from Your Mother's Womb when The angel, Gabriel, appears to Simeon. And I'm going to read it from page number one of the book. I'm going to read the scripture passage because it's here. It's, the, it's Luke 2, 25 to 35. Luke 2, 25 to 35. It says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost, right, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's. And he, verses, uh, and, he, and he came by the Spirit in, into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, the child uh, Jesus, to, to do for him after the, the custom of the Lord, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now, 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 now let us vow thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for, thy, for mine eyes have seen salvation. He's now counting Mary and, and, and Joseph and Jesus, right? And says, uh, and he says, for, for which thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to the Gentiles and, and the glory of thy people, uh, of the glory of thy people Israel. And, and, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Now they marveled them. Now, now they didn't, didn't know this. So he says, he is Jesus, he's a light to the Gentiles. That is his purpose, to be a light to the Gentiles. And to be the glory of, of, of God's people, Israel. And Simeon blessed him and said, uh, Mary, and, and said to Mary's mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now, here he, he tells them Jesus' purpose is the light of the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. 
That is the purpose of Jesus. This is part of his purpose, right? So, so as long as he is a light to the Gentiles, he's fulfilling his purpose. As long as he is the glory of, the, of, the, of, the, of God's people, Israel, he's fulfilling his purpose. But then he says to him something that's very important. And this is what destiny is. In verse number 34, it says, Behold, this child is set. To be set means, that to, be, it means, it means to be appointed. Destined. I was predestined. For what? For the fall and rising again of men in Israel. So in other words, he will achieve the falling and the rising of many in Israel. Then, and for a sign which I'll be spoken against. Till today, Jesus is spoken against. The most spoken against sign on this planet is Jesus. You can say God, you can say anything, Whoever you worship, you can say, but the moment you say Jesus, the moment you say G, they cut you out. The what? He's a sign to be spoken again. So it is his destiny to be a sign spoken against. The name of Jesus. But we also know it is the destiny that every knee shall heaven on earth and under the earth. And every time come, it is the destiny. It is the final destination of humanity concerning Jesus. They will bow and confess. And all, everywhere, wherever there's a knee and there's a tongue, a knee shall bow and a tongue shall confess. Amen. He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Destiny. So understanding verse is important. You know, we, 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 we looked at, um, at Zacharias, for example. When the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah and God uh, speaks to concerning John in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 1, 5, verse 20 to 20 there. Same way, God reveals purpose and then God reveals destiny. This is important. It's the ultimate becoming, ultimate achieving. We made, we made an example in the book, I think, of how you may be sent to help people or heal people or help as a doctor, to, 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 to help people in the health, and that may be your purpose, to be a doctor. But it may be your destiny, for example, to find a certain cure. Or to, to make a certain, you know, one specific high point. And you, will, you can become, then, if you become a lawyer or you become an accountant or you become an engineer, you miss your purpose because you're supposed to help people medically, the physical body, for example. So you become a doctor in engineering, a PhD in this one, a PhD in that, but not the PhD in, in medicine. Now, if you do get that and you become a doctor, you are fulfilling and you start to work with people and help them, you are now fulfilling, you are in your purpose. 
but it might have been your destiny to be the one that finds a certain cure or a certain treatment that will permanently end or be the treatment forever and ever that will solve something, and that is your destiny. To become that person and to achieve that thing. So in other words, but you can live all your life fulfilling your, in your purpose, but never fulfilling your destiny, therefore never fulfilling your ultimate purpose. In other words, it is uh, more easier to find your purpose and live in it and live and walk in your purpose than it is to fulfill your destiny. But if you miss your destiny, you miss your ultimate purpose. And so understanding destiny versus purpose is important. And we're going to look a little bit at that tonight before we go. And we also said that destiny is pre. We looked at it in Ephesians chapter 1. That you were pre-destined. We looked at how if you get destiny... You are hooked into an indestructible future. Like that diamond there. I like that. I used to have a t shirt, though, I mean, I probably still do. That says, if you want to shine like a diamond, it must be cut like a diamond. Right? And, um, but a diamond, in the center of a diamond, you know, is one of this, 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 this um, symbols of being indestructible. But the thing is, yeah. Destiny. You must hook into that destiny. So otherwise, if you know I must find I must find a cure for this, you are hooked into it. But you can't be in the purpose. And when they get an opportunity to do medicine in that direction, another way, in another another form. Then, you follow it. Because you say, I am called, this is what I do. I'm called to do, I'm born to do this. But that may be in the opposite direction of the destiny. Now you may be in the purpose, but still must the destiny. It is, so discovering your purpose is most important because that puts you in the zone. But in order to have a future that is fail-proof, weeping-proof, I was against weeping and pain and frustration. Why? The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man. The end of that way is the ways of death. I was the destination of that way is death. It is the ways of death. It will end up, there's a way that seems right unto a man but the end of that way, we looked at it, I think, in the devotional today something. Like so, so there's a way that seems right unto a man. It seems that way today, but it's a way. A way takes you to your future. A way takes you from point A to point B. A way is the path to destiny. The way is the path to the destination. Yeah? Right? You came here by a certain way. It led you this way. If you took the end one towards the mountain... You understand, you would have ended up somewhere else. 
You had to move away from the mountain to get here. Yeah? Understanding, therefore, there's a way for sin right in the man, but the end of that way is the ways of death. In other words, it leads to a point where there is a junction, when there, is a, when there are many options, but all the options are ways of death. That's what it means, the ways of death. It means you get to a, 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 you go down a road, one single way, that ends in the ways, plural, of death. Therefore, I don't measure you now, that's why the problem with people, is that I can only live to see the here and now. But what, but what determines your tomorrow is the way you took now. Most people, you know, a sad story, you know, it's this gruesome, I, I shouldn't mention it, but I mentioned it before, and so I'll, 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 I'll pray for me again. But this, 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 you know, it's a gruesome thing. I don't know why I watched the video, but there was a video of those two sisters driving in the car. It was a celebration of the one sister, the youngest, I think, things, um, the uh, youngest's birthday. And the one was driving the other, and the other one was live streaming. And this one was driving, and, and they were celebrating, but they were happy. And the one sister began to speed, past the speed limit very fast. And they were all giggling, they were both giggling, and they were going on live while the friends were live. And, uh, and the one sister, and the young sister said, yes, 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 my sister, she's killing me, she's going to kill me. 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 And while they're going, they, they lose control. And they, you see the commotion. Then you can hear, you can, see, you can hear the metal crushing. Then you see the phone coming up. And, the, and it's the older sister. I think I killed my sister. And she points at her sister. The sister's dead. She killed her sister. live on social media. She must have been high because she's still celebrating, I think I killed my sister. True story. It happened a few years, a few weeks, a few years ago. I, I, mean, I, I think I mentioned it here. Maybe two, three years, yeah. Now you think of it, when they were celebrating, going on, they fought that behavior. Was a good one. They're going to be celebrating later at the party. But it was the ways of death. And once he lost control, now it was. And the sister died. There are many lessons that the sister did say. My sister's killing me, killing me, killing me, until she killed her. Within a few minutes or a minute from there. Many people are like that. They celebrate today. They celebrate. They are bold today, not knowing that the path I took, it only ends up in a series of options. All the paths from that point, at the end. See, many people waiting for a dead end. There's no dead end. 
there are, you, you take a single path. That single path leads you to many paths, but all the, all the options are now the ways of death. Death is at the end of all those paths. And that is the scary part. So you can be inside of purpose, but not be hooked into your destiny and still take a wrong path that leads into the ways of death. Therefore, we have the cut-off of premature, the cut-off of potential. We have people who, who, that we know they were doing their purpose, but they're no longer with us today. We will even, people will say this is a premature death, cut off before their time. Why? They were not in their destiny. So they were fulfilling their purpose. That's why we were benefited and can see that they were doing what they were born to do. But they suddenly, they hit the dead end. Why? Because they were not hooked into the destiny. So at the end of that path, there were many options and all the options. It doesn't matter. Now it's no longer their choice. Whatever path they choose is going to end up in disappointment. Because it is not the path towards destiny. Jesus tells us that path, he said that path is a narrow path. Remember, life is spiritual. Life is eternal. Destiny is a narrow path. Don't be confused. We are not talking about what this world offers. And then they die. And then they suffer. We're not going with the rich, young ruler style. We're going with the Abraham style. You understand? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so forth. It's a destiny. Yeah? So, you know, but not the other one, the rich, the, or the rich, uh, rich man that went to hell. We, we're not going that part, right? They gain the whole world and forfeit the soul. No, no. So, that's Broadway. You know, let, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that is Broadway also. You know. <laughs> Dear Jesus. I'm sure there's some people in Broadway that are, <laughs> like, walking the narrow path. Lord help us all. You know, so, but the thing is that we understand there is a destiny that you must hook into. If you can find that destiny, hook into that destiny, you're going to win every single time. And it doesn't matter what the devil does, he must first get you off the path of your destiny. You must mess with your movement towards destiny. Amen. What kind of a life you must be living? It is a life, it is a foretold life. Amen. You remember that? Yes. You see, in the conference levels, we, we, we're trying to bowl one on the other. But the one must be intertwined with the other, one level with the other. I wanted to talk about a lot of other things, but the Lord will not have me talk about that because we need to lay foundation. Like Jesus said, very, very again I say unto you. Yeah, we need that kind of a, Truly, truly, again, I say. Amen. This is one of those slides that says that. Right, man? But what is the foretold life? I like, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Amen. Ephesians 2.10. That we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, that God has pre pre or foreordained, predestined that we should walk in them. Now, 
This is the amplified version here, which I like. It says, but we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. Otherwise, he, he worked us. We were made by him. Recreated in Christ Jesus. Made anew. Made over. Recreated when we became, became born again. Born anew. That we may do those good works which God predestined. That means planned beforehand for us. And what does that imply? Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. So they are palms prepared by God ahead of time. It's just a point of searching and seeking and finding. Therefore, Jesus is simple. Asking prayer, seeking prayer, and knocking prayer. In this life, you ask, you seek, you knock, you decree, you declare, you prophesy, and you possess. Amen. Then you multiply what you possess. Yes. And at the end of days, you're just going to assess. Amen. So, so, so it says here, for we are God's own, own handiwork, His workmanship, and we create the encourage Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which He predestined, planned beforehand for us, uh, taking parts which He prepared ahead of, uh, ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now, walking them is, is very the quotation from, from, from the King James Bible. God wants the, the, the life of God is that you he prepared good works. You should just walk in them. You should always find yourself walking inside a good work, a good, a good work. Your location in the center, you know what is God's will? God's will is that you always are walking inside a path, inside a work. God is very prepared. You should be not be somewhere creating that thing. You should be somewhere walking in it. And it means that living the good life, which he prearranged and made it ready for us to live. So he already made it ready. We, we are in a ready-made generation, are we not? Fast food, ready-made. Everything is ready-made. Just ready to eat. Two minutes in the microwave, bam. You're standing there. Everything is ready-made, 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 ready-made. God was your original ready-made. Truly, the Bible says that, that not only did he make, he made man. He first made the earth, then he made the man, but he made the earth ready for the man. Then he planted the garden. On the east of Eden, and he planted a garden for the man to tend and keep. He made it ready. Then he said, it's not good for the man to be alone. He took the man, he took a rib out of him. He made the woman, he made her ready. And when she came, when he woke him up, and when he says he had, he had a ready-made woman in front of him. 
Do you understand this? So he is the original one that, that is, he invented this ready-made model. We are copying it. Yeah. God always prepares. That's why before your soul ended, uh, uh, rocked up on earth, you were slain from before the nations of the world. Before you rocked up here on earth, you were, you were already chosen, adopted, for the, uh, chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Ready made. So there's a ready made life that you, you prearranged it. He already spoke to everyone involved. It is easy, you know, when, when uh, Elijah came out of, the, out of the world and he appeared to Ahab, he says, he prophesied there will be, there will be, there will be drought. God, and said the word of the Lord, God came unto Elijah, and the Lord spoke unto Elijah and says, go to the brook Cherub, I have commanded the ravens to feed you. You already arranged with the ravens, commanding the ravens, feed Elijah. The raven said, yes, sir. When the brook Cherub dried up, he said, go to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow woman there to feed you. It's already prearranged. For after all three and a half years of drought, Elijah's provision before the, the, the drought hit was already organized. Therefore, therefore when, when the prophet Agabus got up and signified by the Spirit that there, there will be a scarcity throughout the world, the Spirit also prompted the apostles to prepare. So when it happened, it came to pass, the Bible says, in, 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 in the reign of Augustus season. Now, he was prepared. You know when it's gone, when it's prepared. Other words, you should be very suspicious when it's not prepared. Because God always prepares. Therefore, when God manifested unto Abraham, he went to Sarah quickly, he says, prepare. Why? Because he understands this God, this is Jehovah. You must be prepared for Jehovah. Because he prepares for you. Therefore, <laughs> ah. he foretells. But the moment he foretells, he starts to prepare. Yeah? He prepared Mary for himself. You understand? When Isaac was about to be sacrificed, God has already provided for himself. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord sees and has already prepared. There's a song, He's already provided. You see? He prepares. And so, but beside preparing a meal, preparing a sacrifice, preparing of, he has prepared a whole life. Prearrange it. He's already spoken Amen. to whoever needs to make sure that that life happens. But you must discover that good life, that prearranged life, that life made ready for you to live, that destinated life, predestinated life for you, the destiny along the path. It's already prepared.
The reason why we can't move on to deeper things is because most Christians have not even discovered the light. So what we share is absolutely gibberish. It's theory. Not even a relevant theory. We have to discover the good life. The foretold life. Made it ready. It sounds to be good to be true. It's God. So we like to sing, God is so good. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Yes, but you will, you will never experience that goodness in, 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 in any form of substance unless you first discover, unless you discover that he is good by discovering the good life. He has prearranged and made it ready for you to love. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Then, then you will be the embodiment of a song. You'll be singing all the time. God is so good. He's so good to me. Yeah, yeah, you will know. You, the revelation will become you. You ready to pay? Yeah. We've been awaiting you. Welcome. The Lord told us very far before we must wait for you. What did they say? The master needed this thing. He says, and he will lead you, even the man says, so where is the room? And he will lead you to a huge upper room. It's already been prepared. It's made, 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 make it ready for, for us to have the supper. But it's already there. Amen? Amen. Destiny Jesus. That is how the Lord was. There are many scriptures we can look at, but we're not going to look at it now. Always moving in destiny. That, why? He said, you know, I must have a lot to do. The Lord knew his path. Therefore, he, he, he didn't struggle up in Galilee. In Galilee. He didn't just chill out there. He didn't do this or that. He did everything that God wanted him to do. He focused on his destiny. He was moving toward Jerusalem. He even said to them, it wouldn't be right for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem, wouldn't it? Why? Well, he knew his destiny. He was saying, cool, I'm on my way there. You're going to get what you want because it is my destiny to pay the price for humanity. That's my destiny. I am on my, my way. I'm moving. It's very important. We talk about destiny must be provoked. Casual inquirers get nothing. You know, sometimes I was, um, I shared some clip with some, some people. And a man of God shared on that club. He said, you know, it is difficult to find the voice of God. This is very hard. To find the voice of God. You know, most Christians have not found the voice of God. God speaking to them. Is the reason because they have not been provoked by the salvation. They've not been provoked by the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. They've not been provoked by the words of Jesus. So they can't find the voice of Jesus in their life. Because they are casual inquirers of the Lord, they are coasters. They're looking for a false mark of maybe if it's 40 40%. 40 if they can just score 40, 41, they're happy. 
But if I've got the saying of the Lord, be he perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Yeah? It is important. Amen. Destiny demands to be provoked. You have to be provoked so that you can provoke your destiny. There's no other way. Destiny must be provoked. Otherwise, you know, this conference is useless. Because destiny, your destiny, will remain dormant. You'll live a life. Most people, hmm. I mean, we said it a few years ago. Most people struggle that damage by the time they get into their teenage, teenage years. They are damaged by their teenage years. They're damaging the time. They go on a life of uh, aimlessness, consuming as much of the poison of the world. In the mid-twenties, twenties, they, they get a sense, hey, I must wake up somehow. If the standard is uh, bold boats, I prophetically speaking, of their of the culture, They'll build boats and, and waste the rest of their lives. Like in our recent generation, it's just go to university, get the education. So ma majority of folks of a certain class, of they are all educated. But they're purposeless. They're out purpose, out meaning, out direction. You ask, why did you do this? They were not able to tell you why. They have no passion even for what they did. When they, they damage themselves so much, by the, by the get into the early 30s, 30, now they say, hey, I must, something is not right. I, why am I, the momentum of the 20s is still now carrying them. They want to get off the ride. But somehow it's not slowing down enough for them to get now into life. Now they have a fear that this thing will never stop. What thing? The thing that they initiated. They initiated this lifestyle. They chose this way. Most will then either do a panic jump or will find a way for this momentum from the 20s to stop somewhere in the 30s. They'll be so disorientated because they lost their way already when they were teenagers. So they'll get into whatever they get into in their 40s. Now the 40s is trying to recover from the 20s and the 30s. When they get 50, they realize, hey, something, and now they get hardened. The life becomes. When they get into 55, 60, as that is the time that the reaping starts. When the writing on the wall comes. That's the time they realize, oops, I missed it 30 years ago. But when they uh, move the hand, look in the mirror, and they look in the mirror, they find themselves, I am no longer 20. Hmm. Most people, 
And they get from their 50s into their 60s, start to pay the great price of missing their destiny when they were in their 20s or teens. It is sad. It is very sad. When you can look in their eyes and there's nothing going on. It's dead. Hope is lost. You see, that's why God poured out his spirit. And he said, the young men shall see visions. Because visions are meant to be run with. And the old men will dream dreams. Actually, the older you, visions is for, mature, for the mature. Because vision must be executed. Dreams is for little children. It says that when the spirit comes, he is able to give you life no matter what age you are in. Where you are in life, what age, what cycle. You can make the old man dream again like a little child. You can make the night become a day. As he did for Abraham. But I cannot overemphasize, that's the only thing I say, you know, in, the, in those whole four days. Provoke destiny. Most people do too little to make impact. Because they don't understand. I was in an industry where they uh, supplied baking ingredients. No baking ingredients, like for the bakeries. And um, I was traveling in one city, and, and one of my colleagues was uh, one of the chief uh, bakers. He was a, ba he was a, I don't know, we, we these guys studied to be bakers, but he was like a chef baker. He was like a, he was like a master baker. And so we worked for this corporate company. And so what he used to do, he used to be the one, he's, well, part of his job from time to time is to go to bakeries. So you'll go to, a, say, a big checkers, the, one of the, the biggest uh, shops or the biggest bakeries, or a big spa or a big pick and pay or a big Woolworths or whatever. And it's a place where they serve ready-made rolls and muffins and and cake and pies and all ready made. You just go over the counter, you say, I want that, that, you put it in, and then you walk away. And you can, you, you can even consume it while you were shopping as long as you. Ready made, so ready it is. But you know what? To how, I'm sorry, he goes there to advise them. They bake the rolls for steers, for McDonald's, for all the fast food, the, the roll, the, the, the hamburger. They'll go to the major, and, and, and one day we went, we went, you know what time those guys get up? You must be on the road between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock. Then, you know, so you, you know, you, I learned once, I, I heard, I, uh, I agreed once to go with, after that, I declined. I, he knew after that, he didn't even have to invite me again, I ain't going to be. 
But I was in university, in university, you know, and, uh, you know, what, uh, what am I going to do between 3 o'clock and, uh, and 6 o'clock but sleep, you know? So, so, so I didn't understand, so I agreed to do it, and he said, yeah, I'm picking you up. I said, what time? He said, 3 o'clock. I said, 3 afternoon, he said, 3 in the morning. <laughs> I said, what? I said, it's 11 o'clock. He says, exactly. I said, I must get going. I must go drive to my house, and I must get a nap in before I can pick you up. So I must leave it there at 2, half past 2 to get to you at 3 o'clock to you quicker. So at 3 o'clock, you know, we, we went this dark, pitch dark. There we go. Lo and behold, there were people in that bakery. They were making the rolls for one of their big fast food uh, outlets in that region. It was hard work. They had to wake up early to get us the fast food burger. That we, that we order in the two minutes and, consi- and consume in, in, in half a minute. <laughs> Do you think about it? But those guys, hey, 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 I respect. I respect bakers from that day on. I, I greet the baker. I respect the baker. I even give a little bow. <laughs> You know why? Because it's hard work. Many people think destiny is easy. They think God's voice is easy. God's presence is easy. God's power is easy. Everything is easy. It's not so. To provoke destiny will cost you. We talk about the cost of destiny. It will cost you. It costs. It's investment, just like when you study. When you achieve a thing, when you build a business. You didn't roll out of your bed into it. To erect this building or to do whatever. The guys didn't, uh, didn't dream it. No, they worked at it. Something costs. Destiny wants to be provoked. You must move God. Jesus showed us from the, from, from the first miracles he began to do. He, he showed us what, what, what it needed. Luke shows us his lifestyle. No greater price than the price paid for our salvation. Your destiny, you must provoke it. But if you have many other options... You will never provoke because you will always take the easier path as human nature. It takes a decision. It takes one that hooks into destiny, that sees the end and has been convinced that that's the discipline. I used to exercise. I do very little these days. But I used to. Why? Because I was in a certain sport. And I was motivated by the end goal. And I could get myself slapped and kicked if I wasn't at my best. But nowadays I ask, why must I run for 10 kilometers? For what purpose? Then I say, I will run in the treadmill. 
I have one at the house. Pray for me that the third moment will be, will, will find itself fulfilling its purpose. Because it's not crying. I want to attend the purpose and destiny conference. But <laughs> I must help this man in my destiny. Mackie, I hate to send me. <laughs> but why was I motivated when I was in that? Because I caught onto something that it was invisible and I said in the future, I must be like this. And it motivated me and I paid the price and it was hard work and it was pain, you know? It was pain, you know? I saw, you know, there was a movie called Bloodsport, Jean-Claude Van Damme. He put one leg there and one leg there. I did that. You know, was it, you know, until I could do, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can, we offer classes, I can just, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you, it's easy, it's very simple. Put one chair, we can even do it here, we can have a demo. Just put one chair, one chair, put one foot, be careful, put the other foot, other way, and, and just keep, Upright like that, the center of gravity, and we'll do the rest. <laughs> Just to make sure you're very warmed up. <laughs> Otherwise, it will be debilitating. Maybe for the rest, not only a week, for the rest of your life. So, but why suffer like that? Because I saw a certain vision. It provoked me to pay the price. With God, to God to speak to you, to bring you into the path of destiny, you have to provoke. You have to have faith, a persistence in the faith. God in His mercies will speak to many of us. Prophecy, dream, vision. But to all of us to experience what was spoken to us, Reveal to us, you have to have the spirit to provoke. When it comes to something, a few things I was going to touch on for the sake of time. The one thing is identity. Identity in the spirit is very important. And when you discover your purpose, it tells you what you are. When you discover your destiny, it tells you who you are. In the book, we, 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 we talk about identity. And we talk about how John... And how the angel Gabriel, let me read these two things I want us to see there. In um, Luke chapter 1, verse number 5, I'll read very fast. I just want to point out something, two things that are two, two about two, two entities. Talking about identity. 
When you discover your purpose, you understand what you are. There's a rule to that measure in there. But when you discover what your destiny is, you understand who you are. You begin to form who you are. Then there was, in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the cause of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and orders of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office, before God in order of his cause. I want to say this. Here you find Elizabeth and Zacharias. The Bible said they came from a certain lineage. It was a holy lineage. Not only were they from a holy lineage, but they were both righteous before God. So God saw them as a righteous people. Ah. Walking in all the commandments of the Lord, blameless. There was nothing wrong in their life. In the eyes of God, they were absolutely blameless. They, it was not, not, they had no generational curses. They were just there. They were just, and they were barren. And the time went on that Elizabeth was stricken in years. It was like this. It can still be like this. <coughs> But something happened. And it came to pass as while he was executed the priest's office before God in the order of his cause. It's a cause. A certain year, there was a certain path. Hey, we, you know, we want to talk about cause. Maybe later this week. We, you know, I said we want to. That means if your heart is not there, we cannot talk about it. But we can, right? So according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without, uh, 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 without at the time of entry. They were outside, in other words. And they appeared unto him, an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah saw him, and he was troubled. And fear fell upon him, but the angel said unto him. And they appeared unto him, an angel. An angel of the Lord appeared unto him. And he, and he was overcome with fear, and the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias. For thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, prophesying now. Saying, that's what you're going to have, you're doing a prophecy now, a vast say of the Lord. And for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And shall bring, shall drink um, neither wine uh, nor no, no strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many children of, of, of the son of Israel shall, shall he turn to the, uh, to, to, the, to the Lord, their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And to make it ready a people, prepared for the Lord. This was now the angel revealing that there will be a boy. Now why were they like that? Because they were waiting for John. John was waiting for Jesus. 
For in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. So they were not, not barren because there's something wrong with them. So if their prayers is God, wipe out my generational curse, they're praying the wrong prayers. Because it has been done. If they say, Lord, forgive us our sin, make us blameless, it's the wrong prayer because they've been made blameless. What was the, what, what was the, it was destiny. It was karos. It was a certain cause. Do you understand? Yeah. Many times your problem, it is just that you need to pray the prayer. It says, give me thy purpose. Give me thy destiny. Give, put me in thy karos and make it beautiful. So it was ordained and that, nothing can stop it. It's coming. The man, you will find out he's unbelieving. He didn't even need his faith. Mm. He reveals to him what the boy will do. He said, this boy is going to many of Israel shall turn unto the Lord. That is his purpose. He must turn them to God. Repentance. It is the purpose. He will be a preacher of repentance. That is his calling. But then he said he will go in the spirit of power of Elijah. It is important. But then, why, what was it right? He was wanting to form in their minds the heart of Zechariah, the angel. Of who the boy is, is what the identity of this one is. He is a what? He's a boy. But that, that's what he is. But he was forming all these words of prophecy, everything was describing the boy's identity. Let's go on. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man. And my wife was well stricken in, in, in years. And the angel answering and said unto him, I am Gabriel. That stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak unto the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. Say in their season. That's yeah. yes, by the way. So now understand that Gabriel was just an unidentified angel. I don't know if he's an angel of the Lord. An angel. We didn't know he's the angel. So when he questioned him, he said, you don't believe me? Let me tell you who I am. I am Gabriel. That is my identity. That's my name. You don't know who I am. Why? You know, they used to ask the angels, what's your name? Remember? Jacob asked it. Manoah's father asked it. They wanted to know the name. Yeah, this guy is just, he's just, volunteers his name. He said, I am Gabriel. Why? The angel Gabriel understand the power of his identity. And because he is Gabriel, he says, I, 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 I stand in the presence of God. There are many angels, but I, me, me, Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. And let me show you what I am able to do. Damn you are. And of this word I speak, it shall surely come to pass. If I be Gabriel, <laughs> by fire, by force, this word shall be fulfilled in this season. 
<laughs> and people get upset. Yeah, but look at this angel. He says, I've got breath. Can I prophesy? <laughs> as surely as I stand in the presence of Jehovah, this word shall come to pass. But let me show you, thou shalt be dumb. Identity. It gives John's identity that he is Elijah. It gives his identity that he is Elijah. What will happen in his life that he will capture his purpose but miss his destiny. His destination because he didn't grasp his identity. His destiny. If he understood he was Elijah, he would have understood the battle he faced with Herod. Then he would have known that is Ahab. And the road is that, that is Jezebel. And we are continuing, and, and I am a spirit called Elijah. He's a prophet called John, but a spirit called Elijah. I tell you a mystery. If I could, I would switch off the, the live broadcast. No. But I'm not going to do it. I tell you, deep, this is high grade, spiritual truth. Ah. So, other words, the man uh, in an identity is, by the way, identity has many levels. Uh, so, other words, he was the man called, he's the prophet called John, but the spirit called Elijah. In a certain family, he is identified as the cousin of Jesus. Among the people of God, he is uh, identified as such. That's why Jesus, speaking of John later, said, Who did you go out in the, in the, to see? A reed shaking in the wind? That was the identity to the Pharisees. Some say he's a prophet. Some say, that's why he came to him. He says, he says some say, you know, so he says, he says, who are you? Are you him? He says, no, I am the voice. Crying in the wilderness. Prepare he the way of the Lord, Isaiah. But John found himself there. But he never discovered who he was in the spirit. Now, uh, you know, I must stop here somewhere. I must jump this thing. But if you can have a diagram now, or just a mind map, or you'll understand. We talked about in the volume of the book. Remember the God of the Ancients a few years ago? Yeah. That in the volume of the book, it is written in Miyam Atadupa Wurga. And we said that if you want to fulfill destiny, you want to know who you are, you must find your identity. You must find yourself in the volume of the book. But it's that you must find yourself. Not only must it be revealed to you by prophecy. It's being revealed to uh, uh, Zacharias now who John is. Mm -hmm. 
by prophecy. You're either by a messenger. Whether it be a prophet messenger or angelic messenger, but it's a messenger. Prophesy. Describing his identity. Because it is the clue to his destiny, yeah? yeah. It tells. So, <laughs> then you must find God, your destiny, or you identify yourself, who you are, which is the revelation of your destiny, who you are, in the volume of the book. John found it. He says, I am he, I am the voice, crying in the wilderness. Well, where was he? In the wilderness. The boy, when the spirit, he was stood and went into the desert. Yeah? Oh, I can tell you many things. Oh, if you can understand, Marudusha Drives. Hey, our mantles are passed. Hey, hey you know, there's so many things, but we are not here yet. So you find yourself. God reveals to you by revelation, by your message, who you are, whether, whether, where you must find yourself, really, to, you do, to be rooted in it, you must find yourself in the volume of the book. Because then you, you discover the ancient of days. Right? Okay. Hmm. Let me. When you discover, they tell you who you are. You discover who you are now here today with us. Yeah? So that is in the prophetic ministry, you get a lot of prophecies. Hey, I mean, they walk away and nothing happens. Among many people. But in order for you to, 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 to fulfill it, you must, have, you must work with the ancient of days. And he doesn't work today. He works, he works for cross time. He's the one who was, is, is to come. Unless you have got a revelation of the Lord, that the Lord is holy, and that he is the one who was, is, is to come, you have not seen the Lord, you have not known the Lord, you have not discovered the Lord, you have not met the Lord. How do we know it? In the revelation of Jesus Christ, he, is, he introduces himself as that, and he is seen by John as that, and the worshiper in heaven as that. The one who was, is, and is to come. He says, you were saying to him, I am, the, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the one who was, that is forever. Right? Okay. So, other words. So, when you discover, you see Jesus, but now you, you know who Jesus is in your life. You discover him. That's how you got saved, right? But for you to know him, you must discover him. You cannot only discover him in time. You must discover him across time. The apocalypse must be across time. Therefore, there's a dispute in many scholars and theologians over the, over the last book of the Bible. Daniel, but, but the last book of the Bible, of the revelation. Because, and what, they are, what, what we are struggling with is time. What is being fulfilled, is it being fulfilled, will be fulfilled, and so forth. You understand? Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, that's why that's the question, right? When shall you be? When shall you restore? When shall he says, uh, but you shall receive? It's not in the Kairos and the Kronos. It's not for me to tell you. Uh, oh, uh, you know, but, but, but that's um, a topic. With the, uh, so then you must discover the Lord and revelation of the Lord across time. 
So you must know Jesus in the was, is, and is to come. That's what the prophetic is about. The apostolic is about. That's what the five ministry is about. We don't time. I can, all the scriptures are coming to my mind. Machine gun bullet. I don't have time for it. But then also, you must discover yourself today. That's the prophecy. Then you must discover yourself across time. That's the scriptures. So you find yourself in the volume of the book, but you are not only here told, spoken about here now, but you have already been spoken about before you came. That's how Jesus fulfilled his ministry. That's how destiny is secured. Then I'm going to say something, and I'm not going to explain it because I have people in the public and maybe people here that want to understand what I'm saying and I'm not mature enough to hear what I'm saying. Then you must discover yourself in the spirit, your identity. So identity by year and today, the identity in the volume of the book across the time, then you must discover yourself in the spirit to get the resources from the spirit. And until you, you discover him in the triune, in the tree, you will never live your life and fulfill your destiny to the uttermost. And therefore you will not fulfill your destiny. Identity. The same way you can identify Gabriel as an angel of the Lord. But that will not be entirely it versus the angel Gabriel. The one who was there. You understand? The one that appeared to Daniel and gave the message. The great messenger angel. If we only return as an angel, we were wounded. Zechariah said an angel. But the moment he says, I am Gabriel, he takes Zechariah's experience. He's experiencing, you know, but he takes his experience to a whole new level. Because he identifies us as Gabriel. Now you immediately, if there's an angel, you will be a random generic angel. There are many of them. Millions and millions and millions and millions and millions. But now, when, you, when he said, I am Gabriel, when the moment he said it, he, he, all the other angels disappear. And there's only one. Now suddenly you remember, who is Gabriel? He takes you back in time. Now you can go to the scripture and say, he is Gabriel. Ah. Now John. Mm. Oh, I, I, let me jump forward. Now, John would later discover himself in the volume of the book. 
I am I am the voice that cry in the wilderness, prepare he for way, make straight paths of the Lord. But they didn't discover I am Elias in the spirit. If he did that, he would be taken uh, out in a whirlwind. That was his destiny. That's why when Jesus heard that he is dead, he was grieved. So grieved. I mean, Jesus, the son of the living God, do you think he, he didn't know? Why was he so shocked? Why was he so overcome? Why was he so disappointed? Why would he display redundant, superficial emotions? Why? Because he is Elijah. So the, when, when Jesus said, who is he? He said, I tell you, he is among all men. Born of a woman, he's the greatest. He's the greatest man that ever lived until now. So when he says, he that come after me is greater than me, he was, you didn't understand how great I am because he was the greatest until before I came. So when he says, I must decrease, you didn't understand how far John had to decrease. For my own man, ever born of a woman, until that time, John was the greatest. Everybody must identify John, including he himself. So after he's gone, there were still disputes of his identity. As I tell you, let me tell you, he is Elijah. So I asked, why did they kill Elijah? They got shot up his head, Jesus. Exactly what Simon Moses said. Why? When he was known. That is not ever. No, 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 no. That is air. Oh, that was not ever. No, no, that was the spirit. Called Jezebel. Do you understand? Amen. Identity have many dimensions, but you have to in your life, in time, across time, in the spirit. Let me move on because I, you know, if I go on further, I will be talking what I'm. Uncomfortable sharing with strangers. So that identity will unlock so many things for you. So many things. When I want to talk about purpose, I, I left identity behind. Yeah, I, you know, I am moving in the corner, evangelist. I am now, now I start talking about identity, and now I. Eventually, I go into the spirit, and, and then I explain things, and uh, and then I share pearls. You know, so now I am just jumping to one of the aspects of purpose. Purpose is pragmatic. It is an understanding that's very, very important to, to grasp first. 
But in the Greek, it, it is pragmatic. By the nature of the word purpose, even in the Greek, it is pragmatic. It's practical. But our understanding many times is that purpose is philosophical. Theoretical. We think why is philosophical. So it's dismissible. It's optional. Then the brother says, get, let, don't tell me why, let's get to doing the thing. You understand? That's how most people live. Martha should have asked Jesus, why are you at my house? She got busy with the practicalities of hosting Jesus. Never asking because he was a practical person. She wasn't, but, yet, but she was maybe of sense of a pragmatic. Get the married to help us here. Let's get, get, get things done. Let's build something. Let's do something. Let's get something done here. Jesus says to her, Mary, do what is the thing that is most needful. Just doing that, you can never be taken away. For something to be taken away from, it is practical. It's it, 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 there must be a way to be taken from. So she, Mary got something that can never be removed from her, can never be taken away from her. So no practical strategy, tactic, operation can take what Mary just received. But yet Mary was just sitting there, immovable. You saw nothing. She was looking as she was listening to philosophers. Theory. And so many people will not ask the why because they think why is philosophical, theoretical, optional. But actually it is practical. It's a pragmatic approach. It's purpose. Why is the pragmatic approach? Engineers understand it in solving problems and building and doing things. Why is God's logic? Is the logos? Is the way the pragmatic approach, the purpose? And you have to grasp that because otherwise you'll not value it. It's realistic. It's practical. It has to do with facts. And if you ignore purpose and how purpose works, what it is, you ignore your life, you miss it. And things in your life will fall apart. It, your goals, your dreams will not be achievable. So purpose is fulfilled in a pragmatic way. 
Why did he give him the ark? Noah we talk about. There was a why. He said, I am going to destroy the world with a flood. Why? Because men are continually evil. I've shortened their days, but these fools are continuing. Noah preached righteousness, but didn't listen. He said, now Noah, build me an ark. Everything about us now, he was now performing an engineering feat now. It was the start of it. Why he had to follow those instructions to that way in that materials and that things and that and that and that as related to the purpose. You get involved with an activity in life. But you don't know the why, and so you do the, the, your, your instructions will not make sense. Your prophecies will be gibberish. Therefore, in the prophetic, I know I can prophesy to you, and I, I, I will walk away and dismiss you already. Because I will look at your life and say, what, what, what kind of approach you have towards purpose? And if you don't see purpose as pragmatic, I will already know the prophecy will not come to pass in your life. You'll struggle. Because you see purpose as theoretical, and so the instructions that you're getting, you don't know why. You can't put it together. You'll, you'll try to build the ark, you'll fall apart. Eventually, you'll give, you'll give up and you'll start building planes. It will be a rain out when the, when the flood comes. The storm will take it down and drown the plane in you. Because what you needed was the ark. Understand, it's pragmatic. You have to grasp it. And so from purpose to why, stars now outflowing of practicality. That's what we were wanting to do here. You understand? Amen. We, we, we're wanting to Amen. move to where we get into the practicalities of fulfilling purpose. And but we have to understand it's pragmatic. Amen. It's God's pragmatic approach to life, His purpose. If you miss that, everything else, prophecies, even your prayers you pray, your dreams you dream, the visions you see, useless to you. Meaningless, meaningless, vanity upon vanity, ceaseless chasing after the wind. It will be like that. Then, we have to understand, not only is purpose practical, Primatic purpose has carols. We know that, right? Purpose has carols. So there's a carols in purpose. We looked at that, right? Ecclesiastes 3 was number one to everything there is time. Right? Did we say that? And the season of every purpose under heaven. 
And the Greek Septuagint tells us, to everything there is kronos. And kairos to every purpose under heaven. Simply the meaning that Let me sum it up again. Everything has time. The useless game you played at a time. It started and it finished. In heaven, it had no purpose. It's like wasting your time. But there was no, but it was not the purpose of heaven, it was, a, it was just a consequence. But it had a time, a beginning and an end. Everything, everything, anyway, the nightclub, everything, it has a kronos. Today, it has a cycle to it, and so forth and so on. But every pragma, every purpose, has a kairos. A set time of intervention, of fulfillment. Kairos is the moment where God intervenes and appears inside of time. And those kairos is related to purposes. So your purpose has a kairos. And this is where men struggle. Because if you can grasp kairos, and you can capture your kairos, you will definitely capture your purpose and your destiny. Yeah? So it's important that you understand that our life is love. Most people don't love life like that. Therefore, most people will weep in the last day. What did Jesus say? Broad is the way. Wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many, many are they that are on their way. Found there. Many. We are not busy with the many here. We're going to change that. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. My words will not pass away. But straight is the gate and narrow is the way. They lead to life eternal and few. Yeah. When we, uh, so, so the beauty of us, Dr. Fred Roberts, he, he told us, he said, the parable of a sower. He said, Jesus said, he explained the parable and he said, the sower soweth, and when it falls by the wayside, Stony ground, thorny ground, and then on good ground. Right, there's four. Right. So that is, so if you said then, if so if you take a whole, one hundred, a whole um, a circle, you, you divide it into, you, we knew there's four types. There is a wayside, there, there is the stony, there's the thorny, and the good ground. Then it says, conservatively speaking, all things being equal, 25% is wayside, 25% is stony, 25% is phony, and 25% is good ground. Then you take the 25% that is good ground and you can divide it, all things being equal, you divide it in, into three. 30, 60, and four. Then he says, when you come to a congregation as a preacher, conservatively speaking, worst case scenario, you then only know that you are only actually speaking and the fruit you'll get out of the whole meeting is that you're only going to get a result out of 25% of every congregation, every audience. 
and maximum out of the 25% or on one third of the 25%. So now I'll be looking at 8.3. You understand? That's our percentage. So when you minister, he says, as a preacher, a teacher of the word, understand you are only really, you, know, you only minister 25%. You've already lost 25%. The moment you open your mouth, you've already lost 25% of the people that you've been listening to. Why? The devil is busy with them. It says, immediately Satan cometh. Whatever you know, every time you preach the gospel, the devil is also with you. Yeah. He's a seed catcher. He's a soul snatcher. <laughs> It's always movies, yeah, but he's a seed catcher. He snatches seeds of the word. He collects them. <laughs> if he can't, he'll choke them. <laughs> but he, he takes, he takes, yeah, he takes. So he, 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 he has an investment in, 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 this, uh, in every meeting. 25% stake. <laughs> yeah. He contains to 25. You understand that? Why am I saying that? Where did I come with that? <laughs> but Kairos is what you must grasp. The moment, the moments, the set times of God this year. You must capture. We will talk about Kairos later this week. But purpose has Kairos. And the one thing about destiny, pointing there, the destiny is directional. Destination, South Pole. Destination, Tokyo. Destination, Los Angeles. Destination, Vancouver. You understand? But what are they saying to you? Say this way. Destiny is in the go. I thought it was Angel Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Siri. <laughs> Saying to me, it's time to play music. You have your over your time. <laughs> I even getting messages from from, from Steve from, from, from the other world. <laughs> yeah. I, I, me, I one of the guys I, I like study, I, I read a lot of books about. It's Steve Jobs. Fascinating individual. Simple yet complex. Extreme yet balanced. Yeah. So uh, one of his products was talking to me and said, finish up, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play, play something else. We, 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 are, we are done. Directional. You said Los Angeles. Let's go. Yeah, so, <laughs> destiny is directional. <laughs> destiny is directional. It's in the go. Hmm? There's a lot in there. It's in the? 
is directional. Understanding that is important. If you have no sense of direction, you will have no sense of destiny. That is always you find it in the Bible. Jesus was always moving in the direction, isn't it? They said right out there was a woman standing, right woman that, 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 that catered and supported his partners and his helpers in the ministry. They stood from afar off, and the Bible said that they followed him from Galilee to Jerusalem. Otherwise, they were going direction. And they've come to the end of their destiny now, yeah, in the earthly ministry of Jesus. And they were standing and watching there from afar. It was a journey, it was moving in a direction. Destiny is directional. That's why Jesus' destiny, he started there in Galilee, actually there in a in, 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 in long time there, in, 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 in Bethlehem, but moving to, therefore, it is the star, yeah? Yeah. But they follow at the end of Jerusalem at the cross. From the cross to the grave. Descended. Legitimately captive. Ascended to the right hand of the throne of God. Direction. You understand? He descended, that's a direction. He ascended, that's a direction. He carried his cross. That's what he tells you. He went to Caiaphas. He went to this one. He went to that one. He was telling you direction where he went to. What was he doing? What was he doing? Fulfilling destiny. Fulfilling scripture. Destiny is directional. Now just like Jesus fulfilled his destiny by following in directions and moving in directions and being directed. So you can, you can only fulfill your destiny if you have a sense direction. Because destiny is directional. You must be directed. You must follow a direction. You must move from A to B. You must understand them. Couple that with carols and you become a potent person. Amen. You'll always be at the right place doing the right thing at the right time. You'll be there. Fulfilling your purpose in the Karos moment, right there, fulfilling destiny. Yes, Lord. Amen. Destiny is attached to location. Amen. You understand that? Yes. And because destiny is directional, destiny is missable. Not I miss you. <laughs> I miss you. What did we say? The mom knew he was the voice crying in the wilderness. But he didn't know who he was. So I, I, Jesus, the son of God, said, I tell you. I tell you what he was. The greatest man ever born of all. But let me tell you who he was. He was Elijah come again. Why? Gabriel said it. They missed it. His papa should have told him. You are Elijah. You are Elijah. You are Elijah. You move in the spirit and the power of Elijah. You are Elijah. His father should have taken just Elijah's stories and put it in front of him. Hey! He went in the spirit, in the Ruach and in the Dunamis. 
What Elijah could do, how Elijah moved, he could move a sail. He went up of his wind. He went up of the ruah, the world. John could do the same. Whatever Elijah could do, John could also do. He had the same power. What Elisha could not get, I told you before, Elisha never got no double portion of the spirit of Elijah. It's a lie, a blatant lie. It's an error. It's somebody, it's not a reading. I also used to believe it, but he never got it. Who got it? John. Not only in the spirit, but the power also. Gabriel didn't lie. He got it direct from, 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 from Jehovah God. He said, I stand. And I got this one right. He never got, Elisha never got no, no, no double portion of that man's spirit. He, he called what he called. What was it? What? Yeah. He saw the chariot as he saw. And number two, he, uh, there's a mystery in that, powerful mystery. But number two, he, he was in his stead. He was a prophet. After Elijah's kind. He was in Elijah's place. It doesn't say he had Elijah's spirit. Yeah? Mm. Otherwise, he would have been in heaven. Elijah would be gone. John should have been and he didn't. Why? His daddy didn't show him his identity. Destiny is merciful. Don't miss your destiny. Yeah. Discover your purpose, but do not miss your destiny. Because your destiny was pre-you, you were predestined. Don't miss your destiny. Don't settle for purpose. Mature purpose, fulfill purpose by fulfilling destiny. I explain more in the book, but understand destiny. You're going to take one thing away here. Destiny. Is miserable. And then, the destiny, we're ending with us. Destiny is in the goings. I said it's in there. Go! He into all the world. That's a destiny. Make disciples of every. Until that is done, destiny is not a This gospel shall be preached of the kingdom and all the events of the anchor. It's in the goings, in the moving. Hey! Therefore, the more wishes, when he was telling us the temple in Ezekiel, hey, you will understand. Eastward, northward. Hey, measuring the line. Ooh, and the spirit. Picked me up and took me. And put me in front of that gate. I mean, took me there and put me there. But I was at the river Shabbat among the prison. Oh, you will be, you, you will be a cushion from another dimension. Yeah. Destiny is in the goings. 
maybe I'll try. Maybe, maybe the last night. We, 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 one of his session prophets, we must just not broadcast. I'll see. But it's in the goings. In the movings. That is what our spirit wants to communicate to you in this week. Chaos in his movements. But we're out of time. Can I have the worship team, please? Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to change the way you see and know Jesus, leaving your life empowered, envisioned and enriched. For more messages by Prophet Ryan Jacobs or for more information about the Empowered Church go to www.empoweredchurch.com or view our YouTube channel, Empowered Church TV. Feel free to come join our life-changing services.